Kevin Markwick. All I can ever be to you is the darnest that we know And this regret I got accustomed to Once you walked the ride, when we were at our height Waiting for you in the hotel at night I knew I had him at my match, but every moment we could snatch I don't know why I got so attached It's my responsibility You don't own nothing to me But to walk away I have no capacity He walks away The sun goes down He takes the day But I'm grown And in your way In this blue shade My tears dry on their own I don't understand Why do I stress the man When there's so many real things at hand We could have never had it all We had to hit a wall So this is inevitable withdrawal Even if I stop wanting you That perspective pushes true I'll be some next man's other woman So I can't break myself again Should just be my own best friend I fuck myself in the head with Stupid man He walks away The sun goes down Ain't no regrets and no most of no day Cause as we kiss goodbye the sun sets So we are history The shadow covers me The sky above the place Lonely love and see He walks away The sun goes down He takes the day But I'm grown And in your way My blue shade My tears dry Amy Winehouse uh, on this sad, sad, sad day. Okay, so what we've got is uh, two hours of film music. Kevin Markwick here. Hardcore film music, I'm warning you now. Uh, And we're going to look at the uh, second half of 2015 after last week's rip-snorting show, which I'm sure you all enjoyed. Uh, So that's July through to December, if my finger counting is correct. Uh, We started there, Amy Winehouse, Tears Dry on Their Own, from Asif Kapadia's uh, wonderful documentary, Amy. Uh, Just about to sweep all before it in the upcoming awards season. Just out on Blu-ray, actually, and I can highly recommend it. 
So we've got music from Ant-Man, uh, Man from Uncle, The Platters from 45 Years. Uh, sort of amazing stuff from Jed Kurzel from Macbeth. Suffragette. Uh, Michael Brooks' beautiful score for Brooklyn. Uh, Steve Pemberton's challenging, interesting score from Steve Jobs. Some Thomas Newman, a couple of Carter Burwells, uh, the last scene from Carol, which given today is, is even more, I don't know, just going to make me cry even more, eh? When I think about it, I'm terrible for that. Think about the sad end of a movie I start. <sighs> and music from Room and uh, The Revenant coming up as well when we sort of, I'll sort of point you in the right direction of... Um, Stuff that's coming up in the... Well, it's already the new year. So we'll start with Ant-Man, okay? There you go. Uh, Ant-Man, directed ultimately by Peyton Reed. That's a very American name, isn't it? Pey- 
Payton, Payton Reed. Although Edgar Wright nearly did direct it. In fact, he got very close to directing it. And uh, I don't know, I think he must have incurred the wrath of the uh, Marvel people. Um, would it have been a better film? Difficult to say. I think some of the humour that got left behind was definitely from the Edgar Wright School of Filmmaking. Uh, music by Canadian Christoph Beck, who's actually the brother of Chili Gonzalez. Uh, so we're going to have a run through the uh, best or best-ish soundtracks from 2015. That's in July. Uh, the next one I'm going to cover is actually uh, Michael Giacchino again. I think we had him a couple of times last week for uh, his rather lovely score for Inside Out, Pixar's uh, massively successful um, film about what goes on inside the little girl Riley's head. In fact, what goes on inside all our heads and all the emotions. And, uh, and actually, again, it was... <laughs> Yeah, it all proved a bit much at the end. They do this, don't they? Pixar are particularly good at it. And, and, and as a sort of curmudgeonly old man of... You know, I sit there and I go, no, you're not going to get me. You're not, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. You're not going to get me. And uh, they, they get me. And um, uh, this score, actually, the Inside Out score, perfectly captures that sort of... Uh, it's very good at... Um, it, it captured that sort of melancholy uh, brilliantly and uh, all your children should see it.
part of Michael Giacchino's lovely score for Pixar's film Inside Out, which uh, was just remarkable, really. Um, and actually, on a day like today, uh, quite salient in that it, it kind of well, it didn't teach us. It, it points out that um, sometimes you need the uh, sad stuff to appreciate the good stuff. Now, uh, if you want to get in touch, please do uh, at Kevin Markwick on Twitter or there's a gnarly old Facebook page called uh, The Kevin Markwick Show that's still up there. Um, Feel free to post to that or Twitter, as I say. Uh, You can email the studio, uh, studio at uckfieldfm.co.uk or you can get... There's that bald person again from last week. Uh, You can go to the website, uckfieldfm.co.uk and you can interact... Um, on a kind of texty-based thing, which, you know, might be nice. Uh, let me know how you're feeling, how you're doing. Let me know what films you saw this year, what films you liked, what films you didn't like, uh, what films you're looking forward to next year. And as the, uh, you know, big shot in this town film-wise, uh, if there's anything I could do to accommodate that, I'll probably ignore it completely because, you know, I've got a living to make. Now, um one of the things that's not true because actually we've got a centenary this year so got lots of really exciting things lined up Uh, lots of old films and really nice people good famous people coming down to introduce them uh so we'll have an ad break now and when we come back we've got some nina simone uh man from uncle it was used in it's just mainly an excuse to play some nina simone now is the time time for ice cream Ice cream time! It's ice cream time with Lion's Mane! Ice cream time with Lion's Mane! Kevin Markwick.
nice. Take care of business. Nina Simone, as used in Guy Rich's spirited but ultimately pointless retread of 60s spy caper show, The Man from Uncle. Uh, bit of a flop all round. Poor old Warner Brothers. Outside of Mad Max, they had a really tough year, really. Um, we won't be covering Pan later. Oh, dear. Uh, another classic track now. Oh, we're into August, by the way, if you're interested. Um... What else came out in, uh, what were we looking at? July, uh, April, May. <gasps> oh, July, here we go. Oh, lots of stuff I've never heard of. Oh, Mission Impossible, of course. Uh, that did very well. Uh, paper towels, uh, towns. Pixels. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that, do we? The Gift. I saw that the other night. It was interesting. Not so great. Uh, Fantastic Four. Oh, dear. It's amazing we survived this long, really, wasn't it? Straight out of Compton, that was a great film. Uh, not so much an Uckfield film. Uh, Hitman, oh dear. Anyway, so um, another classic track now. Uh, this time used to great effect on the end of 45 years. Andrew Haig's widely regarded drama starring two greats of British cinema, Charlotte Rampling and Tom Courtney as the long-married couple whose world is changed unexpectedly by some news from the past. Wonderfully subtle uh, look at the nature of long-term relationships and how you can never really know everything about anybody. Uh, this is The Platters, Smoke Gets In Your Eyes, uh, which is uh, played at the end of the picture.
matters. Smoke gets in your eyes uh, from um, Andrew Haig's uh, wonderful 45 years uh, used at the end there. Unfortunately, I'm so old that still makes me think of SO Blue, <laughs> which is a bit ridiculous. Uh, what can also came out, and, and actually, that is August. We have done August. That's how rubbish August was. Uh, there was Trainwreck. Uh, that came out. Amy Schumer. Uh, I mentioned Paper Towns. You know, the Bad Education movie. Uh, oh, Gemma Bovary. Well, I'm looking down the list here. Uh, Strange Magic. Vacation. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, and that was kind of it, really. I'm, I'm sure I must have missed something. Nope. That was August, folks. What tends to happen is, uh, particularly for the uh, family pictures that come out over the summer, the distributors release them all in June and uh, early July so by the time we get to August they're all absolutely worn out and we've got nothing new to show you which is not very good uh, so we're going to move swiftly on into September um, Everest um, was undeniably spectacular and one of the few films actually worth watching in 3D I thought and uh, anyone who listens to this show on a regular basis knows how much I hate 3D the true story of a famous exhibition to climb Everest in 1996 that went disastrously wrong. Uh, by this time, making the summit of Everest actually had become a kind of extreme travel destination. Um, and in this case, too many climbers on the mountain and some very bad luck combined to kill 12 climbers. Some incredible visuals and good performances made it a compelling watch. Uh, the score is by Dario Marianelli, and this is called Epilogue which is actually rather nice, if not a little depressing, sorry.
That's lovely, isn't it? Epilogue from the film Everest, uh, scored by Dario Marianelli. Uh, wonderful stuff. I'm going to have a listen to the rest of that when I get home. Uh, now, we're still in September, I think. Yes, we are. Uh, Carter Burwell now and his music from Legend, which starred Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy as the Cray Twins, directed by Brian Helgeland. <laughs> That's easy for you to say. Uh and it was mostly successful, pretty good stuff, uh, although I'm not quite sure I enjoyed it as much as the Spandau Ballet version, which seemed a lot more straightforward, told the story. Uh, this is a bit more meandery, but nevertheless entertaining. of uh, Carter Burwell's score for Brian Helgeland's gangland Tom Hardy based um, legend. Why do they call it legend? I don't understand. I thought I had Tom Cruise in it in, a, in pixie ears. Uh, so we're going to take a break now and uh, it's The Martian when we come back. I might get two tracks in, I don't know. I see how the time's going but there's certainly going to be some David Bowie anyway. Now it's time for ice cream or maybe some nuts a cool glass of orange why not try a hot dog or the real thing a cool refreshing coca-cola from the sales staff and in the foyer now Then I 
When the loud sound it seemed to fade, fade, fade Came back like a slow voice on a wave of fade, fade, fade. That weren't no DJ, that was hazy cosmic ties There's a starman waiting in the sky He'd like to come and meet us But he thinks he'd blow our minds There's a starman waiting in the sky He's told us not to blow it Cause he knows it's all worthwhile He's told let the children lose it Let the children use it Let all the children do it goes Mick and David Bowie Starman uh, used to great effect actually in uh, Ridley Scott's film The Martian and Adrian caught me on the hop earlier between when we were uh, and I was on his show a little earlier before we started about my David Bowie memory I wasn't really prepared for the question because it's a kind of important question and listening to that it reminded me uh, it's not an unusual story it's nothing particularly special but um, I was 10 years old and we got colour television we had colour television uh, on Thursday night and it was Top of the Pops. 
and I we'd not had colour television before, obviously. And uh, the first night we had it was the top of the pops that David Bowie uh, did Starman in the blue jumpsuit and Mick Ronson in his gold Lamy suit and. Uh, that was it really hooked i suppose but um that that is actually my my first memory of david bowie and and uh having a reel to reel tape of um space oddity reel to reel tape who had such a thing i don't know uh so that was the martian uh matt damon stuck on mars and a huge cast trying to bring him back uh directed with all his usual visual flair uh by ridley scott it was actually his best film for yonks i think when was, uh, when was the last decent one he made before that? Oh, don't know. Gladiator? That was like 15 years before, wasn't it? Difficult to say. At Kevin Markwick or uh, on Twitter, tell me, what was the best Ridley Scott film before The Martian? Mm, was it The Counselor? No. Was it Robin Hood? No. The music for the film actually was by Harry Gregson Williams and the score was actually rather good. But I'm not going to play any of it tonight, I'm afraid. David Bowie wins. Uh, so what am I going to move on to? Let's have a look. Uh, was there anything else in September? Are we on October yet? Uh, oh, yes, we are. So let's have a quick butcher's back at September. Meet her on The Dying Girl. Kind of self-consciously indie, kooky, kooky indie for blokes. Uh, Ricky and the Flash, massive disaster. Jonathan Demme directed that, didn't he? Um, Mel Streep, pretty... Dyer film How to Change the World Jerry Rothwell's uh, brilliant Greenpeace documentary um, Bill which was rather uh, rather sweet actually sort of sweet kind of history thing bit blackaddery uh, uh, William Shakespeare uh, by the lot that do uh, horrible histories uh, Walk in the Woods that was a strange affair 99 Homes I quite enjoyed that Andrew Garfield and the other bloke whose name I always forget and uh, Miss You Already, which was kind of sweet, but a little bit saccharine for my taste. So let's move on to October. Justin Kurzel's adaptation of Shakespeare's Macbeth was a sight to behold. Quite astounding. Kurzel, who previously made the extraordinarily bleak Snowtown, gives us crashing bone and blood and filth and passion and madness. Everything you want from Macbeth. Adam Arkapaw's... Is that how you pronounce it? Cinematography is uh, breathtaking. Oh, wonderful cinemascope photography. You can uh, practically feel the freezing cold. Ooh. Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard star as Lord and Lady. And the score is actually by his brother, uh, Jed Kurzel.
Richard Kurzel's music from Macbeth, which would have, was directed by his brother, in actual fact, uh, Justin Kurzel, and was fantastic. I rather like that. Uh, Jed, of course, wrote the music for Slow West, another one of my uh, films of the year, which I sat through again last night, funnily enough. Now, Sicario was well-received at Cannes and subsequently rolled out around the world to much acclaim. The tough story of principled FBI agent Emily Blunt pulled into the dark world of the fight against Mexican drug cartels. Benicio Del Toro does that thing that he does, and he does it very well, and the whole thing is compelling, even if the conclusion remains a little bleak. It's probably Denis Villeneuve's most straightforward film, particularly after the uh, slightly bonkers enemy. Uh, and our old friend Johan Johansson composed the rather good score. This is uh, a cue called Desert Music.
desert music from the score for Sicario by Johan Johansson, uh, Dennis Villeneuve's uh, kind of uh, thrillery thriller. <laughs> Don't let your head empty while you're on the air, Kev. Uh, what's next? Oh, back to Blighty now and Suffragette. It's all loaded for awards. Sarah Gavron's film was uh, perfectly fine and well done. Although I personally could have done with it, I think it may have benefited slightly from a a wider view of what was going on. I kind of desperately wanted the story to step back a bit and uh, show me the the rest of the the world in which uh, these extraordinary characters were moving in. Um, and the score was by um, Oscar winner, of course, Alexandra De Platt. This is a, a cue from Suffragette. Sí, sí. 
ώρα που άλλαξε η καρδιά σου και έναν άλλο αγαπά. Απορείς μου λένε ακόμα η δική μου πως χτυπά. Μήπως τα χάσαν και εμένα δεν είναι άνθρωποι πολλοί από μέσα πεθαμένοι και απόξω ζωντανοί. Από μέσα πεθαμένοι και απόξω ζωντανοί. Ah, I don't think we've had that for a while, have we? Yeah, no, we haven't. Where it goes, it just stops. Uh, you're listening to the Kevin Markwick Show. Uh, we're having a trawl back through the second half of 2015 uh, and playing some of the film music that is of note. There you go. Uh, and that one, actually, that's fascinating. That's uh, obviously clearly uh, a track used in a film. It's actually, you know, I'm going to regret this, aren't I? Dane, Dane, <laughs> Strachi, oh no, Stratigopolu, mm, Greek. Uh, and the track's called Apomesa Pethamenos, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, uh, he of the bonkers Dogtooth. Uh, and this is, I think, was it uh, maybe his first English language film? I'm not sure. Um, I think so. It's kind of a film of two halves, really, wasn't it? it? Had a really fascinating first half, and a slightly disappointing second half, really. Um, am I allowed to say that, or do I just sound like an idiot that didn't understand it? But um, either way, certainly very interesting. Yes. Now, uh, so is that the end of... Uh, let's have a look. Uh, yep, that's the end of October. What else went on in October? I wrote this down somewhere. Look. Uh, oh, some real stinkeroos, some real flops. The Walk, uh, the Robert Zemeckis film, 3D, about the um, guy walking across the uh, Twin Towers on a um, you know tightrope. A Crimson Peak, that tanked. Uh, Benicio Del Toro, to be fair, I've not seen it, so I can't tell you whether it deserved to tank or not. Pan, that tanked. The program, uh, the Lance Armstrong thing, uh, that was a bit of a disaster as well. Um, you know, what's his face directed? <laughs> I said I wasn't going to do this. I was going to write every name down so that I wouldn't do this. Uh, you know, the old fella. Anyway, um, so we're going to move into November now. Is that what I've got to do? Let's have a look at my running list. Oh, James Bond, of course. No, James Bond was October. Of course he was. I was saving the biggest one for the last. Now, this looks like uh, Spectre, which much uh, not to, so much surprise as uh, everyone was very pleased how well it did because it just about hit, the, well, certainly did for us, the Skyfall figures, which uh, nobody thought was going to happen. Uh, but it was just as mahusive and I think just as entertaining. Uh, in fact, in many ways more so. It kind of lightened up a bit, don't you think? Um, and Daniel Craig kind of settled into the role rather nicely now. Does that mean they're going to uh, get rid of him or he won't do any more? Difficult to say. But certainly for us, the biggest film of the year, Star Wars is coming up quickly on the inside, but I don't think it's going to overtake us. Uh, anyway, uh, the score by Thomas Newman was not bad at all. This is the most Bondy cue I could find. It's called Donna Lucia. 
from the soundtrack of Spectre, the great big behemoth that is uh, the James Bond franchise, continued to roll on and destroy everything in its path. And long may it continue to do so. So now we can move safely into November. Uh, Brooklyn, a very sweet film starring Saoirse Ronan uh, with a score by Michael Brook. And this is a track called uh, Goodbye Elis.
Goodbye Eyeless uh, from Michael Brooks. Rather lovely score for Brooklyn, which came out in November 2015. And if you didn't see it, then you should try and catch up with it because it's rather sweet and lovely. Lady in the Van. Uh, the allegedly true tale of a bag lady who lived on Alan Bennett's drive for 15 years. Very British and full of thesping, not least from Sir Maggie of Smith as the uh, bag lady in question. Alex Jennings is more like Alan Bennett than Alan Bennett. Uh, and this is Miss Shepherd's Waltz by veteran composer George Fenton. <laughs> Part of George Fenton's score for Lady in the Van. All very agreeable and uh, very lucrative, if I'm honest. Uh, so, what's next? Steve Jobs was going to be an important film that ultimately flopped, which, given the talent involved, seemed uh, actually rather unlikely. Danny Boyle directing and Aaron Sorkin writing the script, although I noticed he won a Golden Globe for that last night, um, which for me actually was the problem. Um, Danny Boyle's normally restless style felt too contained by Sorkin's overwordy script, so just shows you what I know, doesn't it? Uh, Fassbender was perfectly okay as Jobs, but there was a tremendous sense of, you know, who cares, really, about the whole thing. Steve Pemberton's score was one of the better things about it, actually, uh, and I'm not sure how much of this I'm going to get in, but this is called Change the World.
part of um, Steve Pemberton's score for Steve Jobs. That's called Change the World. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to go a bit of Hunger Games, a bit of uh, Bridge of Spies, and a bit of Star Wars, of course, um, and then a quick peek at uh, 20... What year are we in now? 2016. Ah, soon be Christmas. Kevin Markwick. FM. You're listening to the Kevin Markwick Show on Uckfield FM on a Monday night, a rather rainy, cold Monday night, and we're having a quick squiz back at 2015. Uh, some of the best film music of 2015 and some of the film releases. Uh, if you're out there, give, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Kevin Markwick, or you can go to the website and uh, find a way of interacting there. Or you can even look at the uh, Facebook page, The Kevin Markwick Show. Whatever you like, get in touch. Tell me uh, to be quiet or whatever it is that you want to uh, tell me about. Uh, so, uh, where are we now? What's the time? Uh, it's about 20 past uh, 10. So, the final film, uh, with about 40 minutes to go, yeah. The final film in the Hunger Games franchise was upon us in 2015, at last. They could certainly have made one good film, I think, instead of two out of the last bit, don't you think? They could have kind of compressed it a bit. But, you know, there's money involved, so what do I know? Uh, nice score from James New Newton Howard. Uh, this is called Change the World.
Rather nice. James Newton Howard's score for the Hunger... Get it, give it its full title. The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. Would that be correct? Eh, whatever. It's gone now. I don't think so. I think they're talking about prequels or something. They'll, they never let a good thing go, do they? Uh, now, Thomas Newman, actually, now, uh, and an oddity, because uh, it's from a Steven Spielberg-directed film. The first John Williams has not scored, actually. I think this is pretty much the first feature John Williams hasn't scored for Steven Spielberg. He's 85 now, I guess, and was rather busy with Star Wars. So, uh, you know, give the old guy a break. Bridge of Spies was a great big oak table of a movie. High quality, solid and well built. But you wouldn't necessarily want it in your living room. Uh, This track is called The Wall. from Thomas Newman's score for Steven Spielberg's Bridge of Spies. Uh, One of my films of the year was Carol, a truly moving love story between Audrey Hepburn-like Rooney Mara and well-upholstered Kate Blanchett in New York in 1952. From the novel The Price of Salt by Patricia Patricia Highsmith and directed by Todd Haynes, It's pretty much perfect, I would say. The final scene should leave you speechless. Uh, And this is uh, the music for the end by uh, our good friend Carter Carter Burwell.
Carter Burwell's music from Todd Haynes' absolutely wonderful film, Carol. Uh, Francine Stock actually said that um, the ending should have you swooning. That's the only way you can possibly describe the end of that film. It should make you swoon. And that takes care of November, actually. Um, quite a packed month, really, one way or another. There were some stinkers. Burnt with Bradley Cooper. Chef-based nonsense. Uh, the Dressmaker with um, Kate Winslet, which is a strange affair, comedy, drama. Couldn't make up its mind what. Uh, then there was Gaspar Noe's Love in 3D. Make your own mind up about that one. And uh, Black Mass. I'm not sure whether that was a hit or not, but it was a, actually ultimately rather ordinary film with a sort of extraordinary central performance from Johnny Depp in the middle of it. So, on to December already. It feels like yesterday. The Good Dinosaur, two Pixar films in a year, should be a cause for celebration, and it mostly was. And even though it was head and shoulders above anything else being produced in animation at the moment, it wasn't quite up to Pixar's usual standard. Um, the backgrounds and the, the um, scenery were amazing. And then they put these slightly too cartoony dinosaurs on the top of it. So it kind of felt a bit bit strange. Uh, the score was by Mikhail Danner. And this track is called Goodbye Spot. You can kind of, if you haven't seen the film, you can kind of work out what's going on there at the end of the film. And, you know, again, I'll admit it. I cried. They did the whole, you know, you're not going to get me. You're not going to get me. You're not going <laughs> to get me.
goodbye spot from The Good Dinosaur, score by Mikhail Dana. Rather lovely, rather, rather lovely. Um, so when we come back, uh, we I'm going to play you basically the opening of uh, Star Wars, You Lucky People, The Force Awakens, the uh, opening credits and the opening sequence. So we're going to have one of these first, and uh, then we're going to a long uh, galaxy along, you know, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> Kevin Markwick.
from uh, John Williams' score for Star Wars The Force Awakens. Boy, did it awaken. It's now become like the biggest film of all time, anywhere, ever, and probably will never, ever be beaten. Until the next Star Wars comes out. Tremendous fun if you haven't seen it yet. I, one thing actually you should do is if you haven't seen it and you are going to see it, you should get your finger out because unlike when the original Star Wars films came out, they came back to cinemas quite regularly. Uh, you might struggle to see this in the cinema if you wait a tremendous amount longer and you really should see it on, on, on the big screen with big sound and all the rest of it. So that was pretty much it for 2015. Not bad, not bad. Very successful year financially um, and quite good critically. So I think we can put that to bed now, don't you? And have a wee look at uh, what's coming up in the absolute immediate future, actually. Just a couple of titles I'd like to uh, point out to you that uh, you should really be interested in having a look at. The first one uh, is Room. Lenny Abrahamson's uh, extraordinary film based on the uh, book by Emma Donoghue. Uh, it's, it's kind of, uh, how would you describe it? It's a drama thriller um, based on the novel of the same name. Uh, it's about a woman brilliantly played by Brie Larson who actually won the Golden Globe last night uh, for her performance held captive for years in an enclosed space uh, with a five-year-old son um, and when they gain their freedom and it's how they're coming to terms with what's happened to her because the the baby's born in captivity it sounds very harrowing and it is in places but um it's certainly one of my films of the year although i have to put it on 2016 because my rule is that it has to be released in the uk and it's released in the uk on friday and um certainly one of the films of the year already here's a, a whiz through uh score by stephen rennick that also includes a bit by uh brie larson as well sun went down and the jungle fire was burning down the tracks came a hobo hiking and he said boys i'm not turning i'm headed for a land that's far away beside the crystal fountain oh come with me go and see the big rock candy mountain
Some of Stephen. Some of Stephen Runnick's score for. I've got my headphones turned up. For Room, which I can highly recommend. The next one I can highly recommend is uh, in the next week or so, is The Revenant. Uh, Inaritu's uh, kind of bonkers, great big uh, set in the cold north. Uh, during um, what would it be about 17 something uh, and of course uh, what's his face <laughs> Leo DiCaprio won the Golden Globe last night for uh, acting and Tom Hard is in it as well and it's just another one of those ones that makes you feel cold just looking at it and there's that whole bear fight thing actually it was originally there was a film made before of it called Man in the Wilderness with Richard Harris but nobody remembers that one uh, but Inaritu has done an extraordinary job uh, making this film in some of the harshest conditions and uh, it's to be recommended this is part of the score uh, it's called Imagining Buffalo Part of Bryce Desner and uh, Rishi Sakamoto's score for The Revenant, which is uh, getting a massive amount of awards traction. And again, should I know I'm biased, but you really do need to see it in a cinema. I'm just saying. Now, uh, we've got one more track uh, after the break, and then it'll all be over, and then I'll be out your hair till who knows when. Which, let's face it, can only be a good thing. Kevin Markwick. 105 Uckfield FM. That's it then. It's all over. Uh, I've really enjoyed the last two weeks. Thank you very much for joining joining me. Uh, it's been a privilege to be here and I hope you've enjoyed it. And hello, podcasters, to you too. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the show. Please do get in touch. Tell me what you think because uh, uh, it would be great to hear from you. Anyway, I'm going to leave you with a haunting piece of music from one of the best films I saw at Toronto. <laughs> get me. Uh, last year that's coming out I think uh, end of January February time in the UK it's Paolo Sorrentino's film Youth with Michael Caine and Harvey Keitel Rachel Weiss, Paul Dano and a, and a bonkers cameo by Jane Fonda it's an, a meditation on age and uh, all those kind of things and, and of course being Sorrentino absolutely beautiful to look at and this is a piece of music uh, used in the film called Simple Song. I'll see you all soon, hopefully. I love you all. Bye.
When 